Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers what's happening in the search for treatments for neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. We're your hosts. I'm Shanti Skiffington. And hello, I'm Dr. Elliot Goldstein. Today, uh, we're welcoming back uh, a guest that we've had on past episodes, Dr. Joanne Kaplan. And today, she's going to talk about something called intrabodies. Now, I know in our past two episodes, we've been really focused on COVID and what researchers are doing there to help uh, usher along a reliable and selective antibody test for people who have had the disease. However, we're doing this small departure back to our conversation about antibodies, which is where we spend the bulk of our time. Uh, Intrabodies are a new kind of antibody, and Joanne's going to tell us about that today. She just released some new data on her intrabodies, and so she's going to tell us more about what they are, what diseases they're good for, and what we can expect to see in the future. Welcome, Joanne. Hello. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on board also, Joanne. Um, So let me jump in with the first question. Um, Intrabody sounds like antibody. What's the difference here? Tell us about that. Yes. So this is really a very ingenious way of getting antibodies inside of cells to treat what is wrong on the inside. So we're all familiar with antibodies, which are in the blood where they can bind and neutralize dangers that are outside of the cells, like viruses, or in the case of neurodegenerative disorders, the toxic protein aggregates that spread from cell to cell. So an antibody can catch them when they are extracellular, meaning when they come out and go from cell to cell. But in some diseases, a lot of these toxic aggregates are located inside the cells. And to get to those, you need an intrabody, meaning an antibody that can act inside the cell. Okay. Um, I, I think that's pretty, pretty clear now. So we want to really attack these bad actor proteins, those that aggregate and misfold inside cells, inside neurons in particular. Um, what, there seems to be a connection also between intrabodies and this approach to intracellular uh, attacking, if you like, um, in relationship to gene vectors. Can you tell us a bit about vectorization, gene vectors? What's the, how, does, how does that play here? How does, does that fit in and how does it? A yeah, good question. So this really is how do you get inside the cell with, with an intrabody? So this is where all the progress that has been made in gene therapy comes into play. So what you can do to get an intrabody inside the cell is that you take the DNA that codes for the binding portion of an antibody and you insert it into a gene therapy vector. And very often that is uh, a disabled virus that cannot cause disease, but is still capable of getting into cells. The virus that's the most often used in gene therapy is called adeno-associated vector or AAV for short. So this AAV vector can carry the DNA for the intrabody inside of neurons. Then the intrabody is produced inside the neuron, and it can go to work and attack the intracellular aggregates. So this way, the intrabody can clear the cell of toxic aggregates, and at the same time, keep those aggregates from propagating to other cells. So this is where gene therapy come into play. It's a way of getting the intrabody inside the cells. Okay, got it. 
Um, so th that was great to help us understand intrabodies, um, the approach to genes, a gene vectorization, etc. Now let's get a little more specific and say, wh why would an intrabody approach be, I think I know the answer here, but why would an intrabody approach uh, be a useful and important one for diseases like ALS, frontotemporal dementia, and, and, and others? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, as you know, there are no therapies right now for these diseases. There's a, a desperate need for something that is effective. And this is a novel way of thinking about how to treat these diseases. And, and what the intrabodies would do is attack the disease at the source, meaning inside the neuron where the misfolded toxic protein aggregates are forming. So in the case of ALS, there is a protein called TDP43 that forms toxic aggregates inside of motor neurons, which then uh, control muscles. And this protein spreads from neuron to neuron in a prion-like fashion and kills motor neurons along the way. And this results in more and more disability in the patients. So there, when you think about this disease, we do believe that regular antibodies could provide a benefit and, and catch these aggregates as they make their way from one cell to another, which could stop disease progression. But only intrabodies can get inside the neurons and clear the aggregates at the source. Okay, so that, that should allow then, uh, assuming success, that you sort of nip the disease process in the bud, if I were to say it that way, as it's starting, as it's originating in the cells before or very early on as it's starting to spread or propagate. Get it before the propagation and the spreading has really caused a lot of damage right at the, at the origin. I, 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 I think that may be a way to sum it up. But of course, for all therapies, quality is really important, right? It has to do what we anticipated to do in a safe and effective manner. So what makes a good intrabody? What are the key criteria for it, especially in this case, say with a TDP anti-TDP43 antibody for ALS, a concrete example? What makes a good antibody in this case? Right. So because the intrabody is working from inside the neurons, you have to make sure that it is very selective and that it will only attack toxic protein aggregates, but not normal proteins that are inside the cell and that the cell needs in order to survive. So for example, with TDP43, we generated at Promise uh, intrabodies that only bind to misfolded aggregates of TDP43, but not normal TDP43 which is really crucial for the cell to function normally. And this is really difficult to do because the two forms of the protein, either the normal protein or the misfolded to toxic protein, they have a lot in common. Uh, so it's hard to target just one and not the other. And this is where uh, Promises computational platform came into play, where we have been able to identify pieces of the protein that are exposed only on misfolded toxic TDP43. And so that an intrabody can bind to that piece, but not to the normal protein where the same piece is buried inside the properly folded protein. So Joanne, um, you know, part of our goal with our podcast is to kind of go behind the scenes to talk about the really innovative things that are happening. And I I haven't heard much about this. I assume getting 
intrabodies into patients is still a ways off, but can you give us an idea of how soon patients might be able to benefit from intrabodies? So this is a very novel way of, of doing things, but uh, there has been so much progress in, in gene therapy. Uh, for example, I like to give this example because it's really amazing. Uh, there's uh, a gene therapy that was recently approved by FDA called Zolgensma, uh, which is uh, to treat young children with spinal muscular atrophy or SMA. And it's exactly that. It's an AAV vector that carries the healthy gene for a protein that is defective in, in these children. And it's injected in the blood. It makes its way to the motor neurons that control the muscles. And it can get the healthy gene into the motor neurons and so that they can function normally. And now you have these infants that used to die by the age of two who can now survive and, and they're able to sit up and breathe on their own. It's really amazing progress uh, for, for SMA, but also for the whole field, because now we know that we can do this, uh, that we can use gene therapy to deliver therapies directly into the neurons. And now it's a matter of putting intrabodies inside these gene therapy vectors. So the results that we have so far of having safe, selective antibodies, and we actually also determined that not only do they bind TDP43, but they can degrade the TDP43 aggregates, uh, that, that puts us in a good position uh, to, to make our way to the clinic and, and eventually be able to test this in patients. Okay, well... I'm sure there'll be more to talk about in the future as we follow the progress of this exciting therapeutic approach, um, both for ultimately neurodegenerative, neuromuscular diseases, and, and many others. So thank you for that, uh, Joanne. Um, well, as I've listened to this podcast, um, three key learnings sort of come straight out for me. So I'll just uh, sum it up with what I heard. Well, we, first thing, we learned about intrabodies. We learned about vectorization. And we learned about the importance of selectivity. Well, intrabodies, we learned that they are, they are antibody therapies intended to work inside a cell blocking toxic proteins, um, accelerating their degradation and preventing their spread to healthy cells. That was very clear uh, and very helpful, bringing the therapy to where you need it. Uh, secondly, we learned about vectorization and the importance of a highly selective intrabody uh, as an exciting approach. Um, vectorization via, you know, and for gene therapy and cancer immunotherapy and replacement, uh, 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 replacement therapies can be successfully applied for treatment of neurodegenerative diseases. That's the hope, but it's starting to become realized. Um, so very important point there. And the third point you made, of course, was that uh, concerned intrabody selectivity and selectivity for the toxic forms of proteins, the clumps or aggregates of toxic misfolded TDP43 in the case of ALS, for example, is essential so that such selectivity for the toxic form allows to preserve the normal important functions of the normal physiological forms of TDP43 and interfere and hopefully neutralize only the toxic form. So three great learnings about intrabodies, vectorization, and the importance of selectivity. Thank you much. Thank you so much, Joanne, for this very informative podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks, Joanne.